Well, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Welcome to today's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. To all of our listeners all over these great United States of America, want to welcome you. And to all of our listeners in every other country on the globe, all around the world, just honored to have you. You know, I say that week in and week out, just honored to have you. And that's true because you could be listening to anything else in the world, anywhere else in the world, but you've decided to stop and pay us a few moments of your precious time here at Marriage and Family Clinic, and I certainly appreciate it. So I just want to welcome everyone to this episode. In Southern Virginia, we're coming to you from WGPL 1350, WPCE 1400. Those are on your AM dial. We're also coming to you on WBXB 100.1 on your FM dial. And you can also listen in to the live stream at www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. And if you would like to hear this or any other broadcast in the Marriage and Family Clinic series, you can find the podcast by searching Bishop C.D. Hodges. Search Bishop C.D. Hodges on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. Uh, If you have that purple icon on your smart device, just click it. Search Bishop C.D. Hodges. You'll find Marriage and Family Clinic. Marriage and Family Clinic is here to help you break down, gain enlightenment into your relationship dynamics. We hope to help you identify what makes you tick and ultimately help you repair, grow, and perfect your marriage and your family relationships. All right. Well, again, it's good to be back with you. Well, I've been in Okinawa, Japan for just over a month now, just a little bit over a month. And today we're heading into the first typhoon of the season. Uh, For those of you who don't know or are unaware, a typhoon is equivalent, uh, the Asian equivalent of a hurricane. And where I am here, you can expect several every year. And uh, June, July, August, September, October, those are the height of typhoon season. And we're heading into our first one. And so if you happen to hear a couple of clangs or bangs, it's just the wind blowing. Don't mind it. And for those of you who believe in prayer, keep us in your prayers. Keep us in your prayers. Uh, We don't want anybody hurt. We don't want uh, extensive damage to be done to homes or property or anything like that. Um, We'll just wait it out, stay undercover, and uh, let it blow over. It's heading toward us. It's not uh, hitting us just yet. The winds have picked up. The water is uh, uh, raging, but uh, it's on the way. So just keep us in your prayers. All right. Well, let's get into the program for today. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I talked to you about husbands and wives sharing their faith in a Christ-centered marriage. And... What I'm saying to you there is that whatever God is doing in us and whoever God is to us, God means for that to be shared. God does not bless you, move in you, walk with you for you alone. It's not for you to soak up all the blessings yourself. God means for that to be shared. And when it comes to sharing the goodness of God, there is no better place to start than at home. Uh, it's it's a shame that we have a lot of people, uh, and Lord have to forgive me also, we have a lot of people who are better at sharing God outside of the home than sharing God inside of the home. But the first and most important place for you to share the love of God is in your home, 
And when we talk about a Christ-centered marriage, we uh, uh, in a Christ-centered marriage, that means that the marriage and everything about the marriage revolves around Jesus Christ. You know this is a Christian program. You ought to expect to hear this. In a Christ-centered marriage, everything about the marriage revolves around Jesus Christ. And we've got to learn that because in the United States of America, we're good at labeling and tagging things uh, to be Christian. Uh, uh, we label too many things Christian that do not revolve around Jesus Christ. You're not Christian because you live in the United States. America is not a Christian nation because the founding fathers had some belief in God or even recorded the name God in a few places. In order to be Christian, the deeds and the life must be guided and directed by Jesus Christ. In order to be Christian, Jesus must be ruler, controller, etc., uh, etc., et of the life. That's what it means to be Christian. So when I mention to you a Christ-centered marriage, I'm talking about a marriage where a man and a woman, they have wed and they apply their lives to obeying the commands of Jesus in their relationship in the marriage and with each other. Jesus rules their interaction, their love towards each other. Jesus rules the marriage. It revolves around Jesus. Jesus is in the center of it. That's what a Christ-centered marriage means. And that reminds me of something else that I said a couple of weeks ago also. In a Christ-centered marriage, husbands and wives are called to love each other in a manner that causes them to be Jesus to each other and Jesus for each other. And I want to slow that down and make sure you get that. Husbands and wives in a Christ-centered marriage. Come on and repeat that with me, wherever you are. Say that with me. A Christ-centered marriage. Uh, I heard you. <laughs> in a Christ-centered marriage, husbands and wives, they are called to love each other in a manner that causes them to be Jesus to each other and Jesus for each other. And I know that sounds strange and, and may sound a little uh, obtuse to some, but let, let me unpack that, help you understand what I'm saying here, because I got to move on into the subject for this particular uh, episode. But, but uh, uh, being Jesus to each other is all about treating and loving your spouse like Jesus would treat and love them. That's what it means to be Jesus to your husband. That's what it means to be Jesus to your wife. You love your husband or you love your wife just like Jesus would love them. So you love with the same patience, the same compassion. You love with the same uh, uh, ruling, the same judgment. You love with the same long-suffering, the same gentleness, the same kindness. You love with the same correction that Jesus would love with. That's what it means to be Jesus to your husband, or being Jesus to your wife. Being Jesus for your husband and being Jesus for your wife means that you're making the sacrifice that's necessary to help your spouse be their best. Hmm. 
And when I say being Jesus for your spouse, I'm, I'm, I'm going back and I'm pulling from the fact that Jesus sacrificed his life on the cross so that you and I could believe and have eternal life. Jesus gave up all that he was in order to be our salvation. Jesus gave up all that he was. He, the Bible says that he, he, he did not think it was robbing God to be equal with God, but he took upon himself the form of a servant. And he was obedient even unto death on the cross. And so when I say being Jesus for your spouse, I'm talking about that type of sacrifice, sacrificing anything that's necessary, sacrificing anything required for your husband or for your wife to be the very best that they have the potential to be. Making the sacrifice that protects and honors and supports and provides. And, and the sacrifice that just looks out for your spouse. When I say be Jesus for your spouse, that's what I'm talking about. Be who they need you to be in a Jesus kind of way whenever they need you to be. Are you with me here? So being Jesus to your spouse determines how you interact with him or her. And being Jesus for your spouse determines what you do for your spouse's benefit. Being Jesus for your spouse is all about, bear with me here, I, I just need to make a point. Being Jesus for your spouse is all about being, uh, uh, it, it, it's, it's, if I can get this out, it's, it's kind of like saving them. Whenever they run into a hard time, difficulty, whenever they're going through the valleys of life, whenever they feel down, uh, whatever it is they're going through, whenever they need lifting up, you're there to lay it on the line and pull them out of that difficulty, pull them out of that hard time. Speak the words of encouragement that will lift their spirits. In a form, you are saving them. And I want you to get this because it's no good to claim faith in God if your faith in God doesn't help at home. It's just no good. And, and, and here's what I want us to get from this episode tonight. I want us to build on what I just shared with you. I want us to just build on what I just shared with you. Uh, a Christ-centered marriage. Loving your husband or your wife in a way that looks like Jesus, acts like Jesus, love them like Jesus would. Being Jesus to your spouse and being Jesus for your spouse. I, I want to expand on that and build on that in this particular episode. And I want to break that down. And, and, uh, and what I mean for this episode. Here's what I'm trying to share with you. Even if you're trying to do this, as I've just described it, even if you're trying your level best, because I want to be real with you. Even if you're trying your level best to love your spouse like Jesus loved the church, to love your spouse like Jesus would. 
you, you're going to have to keep loving like Jesus while your marriage is becoming. And Michelle Obama wrote her book and titled it Becoming. Uh, and, and many of us are in the state of becoming. And I have to say this because uh, you may be trying your level best to love like Jesus, but your spouse may not be moving at the same uh, pace. You may not be moving in the same direction. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? You not even moving in the same direction, let alone the same pace. But let me tell you something. You are responsible to love like Jesus anyhow. Because you are still two individuals. Oh, I know that Adam looked at Eve and said, Now you're bone of my bone and you're flesh of my flesh. And God pronounced that the two became one flesh. They became. We are still becoming. And I'm trying my best to be real with you and let you know that I'm not trying to paint some rosy picture and promise you that this is going to happen overnight or anything like that. I'm telling you, you're going to have to put your time in. You're going to have to work at these principles that I'm sharing with you. Oh, marriage is work. I heard a fellow say once that marriage was not work. I, I'd like to see what his marriage is like today. You're going to have to put your time in and work for it. And, and, and when we're talking about a Christ-centered marriage, uh, uh, when you're trying hard and your spouse and you are not on the same page, you're not even in the same book, you're not even in the same library, you're still going to have to love like Christ. When it looks like that your marriage is moving away from a Christ-centered marriage and moving towards a you-centered marriage, you're still going to have to love like Christ. And I'm saying this, I'm trying my best to be for real because I want to tell you something. You cannot change your spouse. You cannot change your spouse. And so don't think that I'm trying to give you some, some easy way to change your spouse, some strategy, some quick, some, some, some tried and true way to change your spouse. You cannot change your spouse. You want to know how I know that? I know you cannot change your spouse because most of us, <laughs> you cannot change your spouse because you've been trying to change something about yourself for a long time and you haven't had success yet. You've been unsuccessful in changing something about yourself. You haven't been able to conquer yourself. How in the world are you going to change your spouse? So if you cannot change yourself, you have absolutely no chance of changing anyone else above all your spouse. You have a snowball's chance in H-E double hockey stick of changing your spouse. Did you get that? Don't make me say it, please. Every time I even think about an a, 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 a inappropriate word, I always think my mom is somewhere going to hear me or something like that. Uh, but you have no chance of changing your spouse. You can't even change yourself. So what do you do? You've got to love through it. You have to love through it. Remember, the purpose of love is to bind us together while we get it together. 
Love binds us together while we get it together. Love keeps us together as long as we are getting it together. Love is not about the sweaty palms and the and you can't get off the telephone and none of this foolishness that we see in Hollywood. The purpose of love is to keep us together in unlovely moments. And anybody that's been married six hours would tell you that there's going to be some unlovely moments. You have to love through the difficulty. Remember a few weeks ago when I talked about divorce? I told you that a husband and a wife, they may divorce even though they may really love each other. They really do love each other. Not all divorces are just bust them upside the head, knock them out, treat them bad, abusive. Some divorces are the result simply of, of having a pain there and not having the skill or the tool set in, uh, among you, within you, to love through it. And so be, because you've tried everything that you know, because you've done all that you know to do and nothing has worked, the hopelessness sets in. The despair sets in. And now you're convinced that you can no longer be married. Now you're convinced that you have arrived at what's called irreconcilable differences. When the truth of the matter is you just don't have the tool set to love through. You don't know how to love through what you're going through. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you got to learn to love. You got to learn to love. Make up your mind to love and then learn to love. You got to love through it, all right? Now, let me be real with you one more time here. I'm not telling anybody to remain in an abusive relationship. If you have a husband who's hitting you upside the head, or if you have a wife who's hitting you upside the head, I'm not telling anybody to remain in an abusive relationship. It may be necessary to separate. And let, let me say something parenthetically also. Sometimes a separation can be good. If you will use the separation for its intended purpose, if you will use the separation wisely, the separation period can actually be the best thing for a marriage. Because during the separation period, the purpose of the separation period is to allow the husband and the wife time to deal with themselves. A reason, the reason a lot of separations don't work is that the husband and wife, they will separate themselves. They will stay apart for a while, but they don't work on themselves. They don't change anything. So when they come back together, nothing has changed in the relationship because they didn't change. So they brought the same anxiety. They brought the same aggression. They brought the same dysfunction. They brought the same emotional wounds right back. The only thing that happened was they spent some time away. And so I just wanted to throw that in there parenthetically, that the separation, a separation could be the wisest, best thing to do for some marriages if handled right. All right. So again, I'm not telling anybody to stay in an abusive relationship. God forbid. God forbid. God did not make any of us to be hit on, to be walked on, to be stepped on, to be mistreated, to be abused, to be abandoned, or anything like that. I'm not telling you to stay there. 
but I'm telling you to love like Jesus loves. Wow. Are you getting this here? I hope you're getting this. Now, uh, 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 I'm talking about both marriage partners here wanting to be in the marriage. This is who I'm talking to. When each of you strives to be like Jesus, it smooths out the rough edges. It smooths out the rough edges. When we first get married, even after we've been married several years, some of us, some of us after we've been married 20, 25, 30 years, we are still rough around the edges. We still rub each other wrong. You know how it can be. And I'm saying this lightly also. We're still rough around it. We still cut one another when we rub up against one another. We're still sharp and abrasive. We are becoming. <laughs> we are becoming. So it's a mistake to try to change your spouse because if they sense you're trying to change them, they're going to become more defensive. They're going to become even sharper, even brasher. And they're going to retreat into the pattern that's causing you problems to begin with. Did you get that? If you think that you can change your spouse, and if you set out to change your spouse, if your spouse gets wind of that, if your spouse detects that anything like that is going on, if your spouse even feels like you're trying to change him or her, then guess what? You're going to make them defensive. You're going to cause them to put up walls between you or even make higher the walls that are already there. You're going to cause them to retreat into the pattern that's causing you the problems already. So I want you to get that. It's a mistake to try and change your spouse. Here's the deal here. I told you love works best in unlovely situations. I told you the purpose of love is to bind us together while we are becoming. And that's all true. And I want to stick with that. I want you to remember that. I don't think that I can say that enough. But there's something that you need to understand about love. There's another facet also. You, 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 uh, uh, both of you should be striving to allow the Jesus in you to make a difference in the marriage. Jesus loving through you will make the difference in the marriage. And it's a mistake to try and work on changing your spouse because love works on acceptance and not change. Before Jesus changed us, he accepted us. And this is why I say you strive to allow Jesus to love through you. And this is why I stress you have to love like Jesus loved. Love your partner like Jesus loves them. And love works on acceptance, not change. I can't love you trying to change you. That's not how love works. That's not real love. That's not true love. That's not godly love. God's love works on acceptance, not change. The love we're supposed to have for one another works on acceptance and not change. 
This is how you learn to love through it. Trust God to love you first of all. Trust God to love you first of all. But he don't love me. She don't love me. Ah. You love each other. She loves you, man. He loves you, woman. He just has to learn how to love through it. He's got to learn how to love. And we love each other with the love of Jesus while we are becoming the lovers that each other need. You have to love through it. You have to love through it. You have to learn to love through it. And I might make a pitch right here. Here's where some counseling can be very, very beneficial. Counseling can be that third party. The counselor is that third party. And I've told you many times before, you need that third party, a counselor, a, a family therapist, a marriage therapist, a good pastor, a senior mentoring couple. You need that third party. You got to have that third party. Very beneficial. That third party can help you gain additional tools that can help you learn to love through it. What is it? Anything that's hindering you, anything that's halting you, anything working against you, anything getting the best of you. That third party can help you learn to love through it while you are becoming. While you are becoming. Remember, I want you to remember, always remember in that divorce series. I said that a couple often divorces, even though they really do love each other. Even though, and, and I realized this, I realized this when I saw a particular marriage. One very close to me. Can't call the name. Two people that I love. They just couldn't get it together. But I am convinced that they loved each other. Then what's the problem? At the level you love, at the level you know how to love, you just don't know how to love through some things. All right? So you can't afford to pay attention to Hollywood talking about as long as we have love. As long as we have love. That should be true. As long as we have love. But as long as we love each other like Jesus loves us. Then we can successfully negotiate any trial, any tribulation, any trouble, any valley, uh, any ditch, any warfare that comes against us. When we love each other like Jesus loves us. All right. Counseling can help you put some more tools in your toolbox to help you love through a situation. And I'm talking to somebody in particular in this episode. I'm talking to you. Because again, somebody listening is thinking about throwing in the towel. You don't want to. And you stopped by this program today. It wasn't by happenstance. It wasn't by circumstance. It wasn't by coincidence. If you're listening to this program today, 
you're listening because it's a God moment. God designed for you to be here. And I'm telling you, I am telling you the very best that I can. When you trust God to love you, because only God can love perfectly. Only God can love perfectly. And when you trust God to love you, and when you're praying and seeking to love your spouse, love your husband and love your wife like Jesus loves them, love them just like Jesus loves them. Somehow or another, he sees through all of our faults and is able to tend to our needs. Somehow or another, he gets it done. And I know we're not Jesus, and I tried my best to be real with you in this episode. But I'm telling you, barring a serious abuse, barring some really serious issues like that, I'm encouraging you to try your best to learn how to love through it. I'm about ready to ask for an amen. Well, go on and give me an amen, somebody. Come on, say amen. Hallelujah. That's what I want to share with you tonight. Don't try to change your spouse. You can't even change yourself. All right. Hey, listen, my time is up and I've got to get out of here. I appreciate you joining me tonight. Listen, if you enjoyed this, you got something out of it. You want me to change something, need me to talk about something. Or if you think I'm wasting my time tonight, send me an email. CDHodges at Hotmail.com. CDHodges at Hotmail.com. Let me know. Inbox me on Facebook, Bishop Carl Hodges. If you want to hear this or any other episode again, search Bishop C.D. Hodges on Spotify. Uh, 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 search us on iHeartRadio. Uh, or iTunes. Search us there. You'll find Marriage and Family Clinic. Hey, I appreciate you being with us. Remember, as long as you live, you cannot have peace until you surrender your life to the Prince of Peace. God bless you. We're out. <laughs>